This is the Faraway Farm Boy podcast, episode number 24. My guest today is a farmer from Pitcher Butte, Alberta. He and his family milk 160 registered purebreds with four Bomatic robots. He is also a delegate to the Alberta Milk Board. Please welcome Eric Vanderveen. Eric, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, how many cows do you guys milk here? Uh, 166 right now. 167 right now. So Okay. Uh, All your young stock is outside? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, calves in calf barn. And then wean calves are in a, a wean barn and the rest are all um, yeah, in shelters. And oh, yeah. So cows. they'll go from this inside where your parlor used to be yeah. to another calf barn? That's right. Or yeah, and connected to that is a wean barn where they get weaned. So um, at about eight weeks of age, they get moved into there, and then they'll, over the next two, three weeks, they'll get weaned off of milk. Okay. And then fed, um, yeah, uh, starter and grass. So, right, yeah. yeah. And uh, how much do you guys peak feed them? Um, do you guys... Yeah, we'll, we'll feed up to 10 liters. Oh, yeah. Uh, sometimes a bit more if we're a little late moving them out. Right. Um. It just depends. It gets a little tricky sometimes, um, feeding that much milk. But yeah, we we slowly whole milk or replacer. Ah, uh, milk replacer. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Just so you have enough calves to. No. Justify it or what was the? Well, so I actually about six months before we started milking in the robots, because um, we always fed whole milk. Uh, we used to feed you know waste milk and then we quit doing that and just fed straight. You know we had a double ten. Um, herring or uh, parallel and we just yeah we'd open the tap by the receiver jar that way it was always you know consistent because right. 10 cows would be attached and and you know yeah healthy uh, clean milk and we did that but then knowing that we were switching to robots I thought it'd be a pain to you know or we'd have oh, to come yeah. up with a whole separate system to yeah the buckets and stuff they usually have right with robots well not not that would be for if you would separate them but you know if I want to get you know, milk from good cows, then, I mean, right. it's a one-inch line. Sometimes there's only one cow milking at a time, so right. so I'm sure there's equipment in place to to get milk, you know, out in the milk house here. But I just, so we started with the milk replacer and actually, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, I, it's probably cheaper for you actually, right? Well, no, I wouldn't say. I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're short, then yes, but otherwise... Mm. Um, no, it definitely costs more because it's it's really? pushing, really? yeah, it's pushing, uh, well, like, eighty cents a liter kind of thing. So, really? Yeah. So, so, but I just really like the growth and the, the like on the calves. Too, right? Yeah, the consistent. Well, I I feel our milk was pretty consistent just because you know there'd be we'd you know there'd be ten cows attached in the parlor, so. I don't know how much fluctuation was there. Obviously, there is some, but... Yeah, not much, right? It, not, I, yeah. As opposed to getting it from the robot and, like, having one treated cow. Exactly. Out, yeah. That's no, exactly. Consistent. But I just liked how the calves grew. They, they've they never been this healthy, I guess, so, yeah. Huh. Yeah. And then what kind of starter do you guys do? Uh, it's just a rolled... Okay. Like, uh, corn and... Probably oats and whatever. Yeah, it's whatever. Their Nutrisource, seventeen uh, percent. So. And then you add that uh, at a couple weeks older. Well, we start feeding after a few days, just feed a little oh, bit. Yeah. And, and yeah, they don't eat a ton until they get a little bit older. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, especially since we're feeding quite a bit of milk, so. And then how do you guys wean your calves? What's that based on, uh, like, time or? Yeah, time. So. Or how much? It's not super scientific. It's like, oh, these calves are getting a little big and then. Okay. Then, you know, around that eight weeks of age and then um, we'll move them into the wean pen. And if there's a backlog, they might stay in a week longer if the calf barn is. Great. Not that full, they might stay a little bit longer, and then they move, and that that's where the weaning process starts. Yeah. Because then they have access, you know, there's a water trough there, so they have access to a lot of water, and then uh, we start feeding them grass hay and mm. with with the starter still, of course. And they're in group pens at that point. Yeah, that's when they move into group pens of about five. In this weaning barn. In the wean barn. Okay. And then it's it's basically just through the door of the calf barn. It's the an yeah. extension of the calf barn, and they um they yeah probably roughly three weeks or so they're slowly getting weaned off of milk and, okay and it seems to work well and they once they are weaned off they're never you know bawling for milk or mm-hmm. or suckling and and that kind of thing so yeah 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 and then and then once they're weaned off of milk we actually start feeding them a little bit of tmr and introducing them to salvage okay. yeah yeah it's interesting uh lots of people do different stuff like um hay and grain or tmr some people feed the same as their uh their milk cows I guess, yeah so tmr with yeah so that's the tmr we're feeding we really? actually okay yeah we bring pails into the barn and stuff it full and haul it out there okay yeah. and uh so they get a, like a little bit and that's i mean we're probably at 12 weeks already by then mm-hmm. and then um eventually when they're done in the wean barn and ready to go outside they're on pretty much 100 percent tmr and then they get moved in, out into a corral at, I'm just guessing on ages here, but, and it kind of goes with, you know, flow of, of capacity, not right. always on age, but once they get big and they start jumping over the pens or something, then, then it's time to <laughs> move, move them out. Themselves. Yeah, they uh, pretty much. And then, uh, and they stay on TMR till we kind of just keep an eye on them when, when they start gaining weight from the TMR, right. um, at about, yeah, roughly five months or so. Yeah. Um, then, then we move them into the next corral and then they're on just a silage, like a corral silage. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cause I do, um, like I'll wean them at 10 weeks or something, eight to 10 weeks, kind of depending on how much, um, how much grain they eat and stuff like that yeah. or whatever. But then I'll do, um, yeah, grain, like four to six pounds per head per day grain of this developer ration for the next, I think it's like eight weeks or something but after that then they go into the same thing like a uh, just barley silage and hay basically okay yeah. so something that's a little bit less fattening right yeah because usually by the time i move them into that pen with the with the different ration they're chunking up a little bit you okay know, and i like to have them a little bit leaner right by the, by the time i breed them right yeah yeah it's kind of the same story here like, I, yeah like i think it's well i feel like they sh- you i mean i know a lot of people say just grass and and, and grain for the, the rumen develop and fill right. out the rib. But they need to, I feel they need to, you know, they're, they need to get used to eating silage and their rumen needs mm-hmm. to get used to um, eating right. silage as well. So, you know, the best silage on the farm is the TMR right. from the milk cow. So that's why the, the younger heifers get it. And then, and then once they move on, then it's just barley silage and, and hay right. and a bit of straw. So, yeah. yeah. And then uh, what age do you breed at usually? Yeah, 14 months. Okay. Yeah. Just straight across the board or 
Does it uh, depend on height a bit? Too? Yeah, well, no, I don't go by size. It, it okay. yeah, I bring a whole group in. We used to, you know, pick out five and five in and five out of five. Now, pretty much, um, I have limited breeding corral space, I guess. So, okay. so pr- try to get that whole group bred. Sometimes they don't even get preg checked yet, and then they get moved on. I have a, a pen where they go after, and that's basically they go there till they're about six weeks before calving, and there's a bull running around. So if they okay, yeah. if they didn't catch or if they lost their calf early. Cause okay. I don't, I don't recheck. I usually don't recheck my, like repreg check my heifers. So okay, so it's like one breeding and then that's it. For that. No, like some will get two or three times if you catch them in heat that often. But um, so you have limited space and they just go. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's just time to bring the next group in because they're hitting fourteen months. So right, yeah. Uh, and what do you use for um, heat detection on your heifers, and how do you do that? So I have the so we used to have like heat time um like that the scr one right and we had that in the barn and for all your cows too the cows and the heifers so i swap tags all the time with the cows oh yeah yeah. you know the dry cows that have them off dry well dry cows and once they're confirmed pregnant the tag would come off as well so i only had 60 tags for 140 cows whatever it was at the time and then when we switched the robots then then bomatic has its own system right because i had two colors i had uh an ID collar for the parlor, right. and then the the heat detection one, the the heat time one. Oh yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, whatever it was, what it was, and now it's yeah, one tag for everything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's used at the heifers as well. So. So you gave them that, or you gave them the bomatic tags. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah, there's one antenna in the barn, and it it can do the whole farm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So everything's picked up. And then they can stay on too, or do you still? No, I take them off. Otherwise, I have to have another hundred yeah, or hundred fifty. Yeah, eh? That and I mean the cat or the heifer grows so much. Right. So, I mean you're gonna be adjusting it and. Right. Know. Yeah. They so, like to mess around with it too. Yeah, and then you know you'll lose a bunch in the corral or whatever. Yeah. So, that we take them off and then and then once they're uh, coming into the close-up pen, then they get the tag back on. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. You guys have a beef bowl for your clean-up bowl or? No, Holstein like one okay. of our own. Yeah. yeah. So. What's your conception rate on your heifers? And, well, I guess your cows. Too. Yeah, so well, we use mostly sex semen on the heifers, okay. and that conception rate is uh, 70%. And then um, uh, the cows right now is down a bit. It's at about 45%. Okay, yeah. And I, I was for a while there at 50, and uh, and the last two months or something, it's come down. So, All right. Yeah. And you guys are uh, um, registered... Or do you guys classify and stuff? Yeah, registered purebred. Um, all your awards here? Uh, just some of them. They are. You got a separate room for all the other ones? No, I don't know. Like, there's some, like these Green Acres ones. I think there's a stack right here. There's a whole bunch here, I guess. About a year later, I hang them up. So, But, um, and then, yeah, I mean, lots more production awards. Just some of, you know, there's a couple star brew cows and 100,000 kg, and the excellence are up here, and a bunch of the very good two year olds. and. Huh. How many excellence do you have right now? Uh, one. I had two last week, but shipped that one. So, and now I got one, and yeah, and I, we've had four in total so far, ever I guess. So, huh. had our first one four years ago. So, what was so great about them? Yeah, it was a really nice cow. I was surprised she went excellent, to be honest. But, um. But she, yeah, her udder wasn't the greatest, but I don't know if she oh, went. Yeah. It was our first excellent, so I was excited. That was, I don't know where she yeah, is. Yeah, cool. 
But either way, it was exciting after, you know, we've been, you know, registering cows for yes. 30 years or whatever. So, right. Uh, so uh, how did you guys uh, start this farm? Your, your dad started here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, we immigrated from Holland in 82. Okay. And I was five at the time. And then dad worked for Vanenduels, actually, because you, you interviewed yeah, Michael. Great. So so his dad, Ari. Okay. And worked there for a year, and then this place, it was, it was the dairy barn was about two two years old or three years old or something, and it came up for sale, and the, you know mom and dad were kind of looking around. This and, barn here, or was it? No, actually, well, part of it, okay. yeah, like the actual like the last reno we did in twenty seventeen, I think we finally took the last post out oh, yeah. of the nineteen seventy nine barn, so I even kept a piece of it. Just because, yeah. I don't know, it was just a, a wooden post. But anyway, so bought this place and then, um, and then, yeah, they started farming and and the rest is, yeah, history, I guess. So, yeah. Huh. And uh, is your dad still part of the picture? Uh, yeah, he's, so he lives on the yard still. And then he, uh, uh, if, he is a, if he is around, he, he'll feed calves. And he's also a county counselor, so he stays busy with that. Oh, okay. And, um, and... And yeah, helps out whenever he can, I guess. So, yeah. And then, uh, are you married? Yeah, married. Uh, three kids. My daughter just turned eighteen, so okay. that's my oldest. Oh. And uh, and yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, we, you know, our dad started the farm, and and uh, and over time, and I kind of we just walked through the barn just a few minutes ago, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a. You know, not oh, yeah, on, ongoing renovation. Yeah. yeah. So the barn is parts of the barn is original. It was interesting uh, uh, where the two robots in the front of the barn were. Then the ex or the construction guy had a little mini accident to you know prepare the area for right. the two robots and and uh, and he was digging and then he went through one layer because that's where our old parlor used to be. Oh yeah. And yeah. so he was digging and there's you know one layer and then and then way back in the day we changed our parlor from a double four to a double five. Right. and raised it so there was another layer of concrete and then another layer and then then there was the old pit and archaeology was, oh, it was totally like an archaeology <laughs> dig yeah that everything was in layers and and then you know stuff we threw in the in the in the pit and buried it and then poured concrete over top yeah. and yeah no it it wouldn't uh, want to put just gravel in there it's expensive yeah i fill it with garbage <laughs> while garbage but yeah you know so yeah, yeah. so you guys did the robots and 2017. 2017 yeah. yeah, end of 2017. So it's just been over three years. So yeah. what was the idea behind that? So what happened was, um, I mean, I always liked the idea of robots, and and so actually a friend of mine said, "Oh, are you going to this uh, this robot seminar in Lethbridge?" I'm like, "Oh, what robot seminar?" So so whatever, and and he sent me the link, so I went there. They got you. And li- listened to it and whatever. It was all fine. And then the, the sales guy phoned me that night and said, oh, you know, there was a, so this was with uh, uh, Penner Farm Services. And then Dave phoned me that night and he said, oh, you want to, um, uh, you know, go on this tour? Somebody dropped out. We're leaving in a week. Mm-hmm. And I, so I'll, you know, give me a couple hours to think about it. They, they had to know by the end of the day. And I, and I phoned him back and said, you know, that's fine, but I'm not going to do anything for another two years. And this was, this was end of November in 2016. And then went on the tour, and then I, I really seen, 
I mean, I've visited a few robot dairies and whatever, and but I really seen like in the U.S., you know, there's there's lower milk prices, more or more volatility. That, you know, there's more costs. You know, there's more costs to have a robot, mm -hmm. but but the the productivity you get out of the cows pays for it, mm -hmm. and you're and you're really seeing that in those farms, and that kind of sold me, and that this was December, and by December thirty first, I. I ended up buying a different brand, but um, mm -hmm. ended up buying the Bomatics. But um, yeah, kind of, it was for two reasons. One was I really liked the idea of the robots. And second was the barn really needed a, an update. Oh, yeah. And I didn't want to reno the whole barn and then two years later reno it again for robots. So we kind of yeah. did it all at once. So Great. Yeah. And why, uh, why Bomatic robots? Um, so at the time, um, yeah, there was. So we had a Bomatic parlor, and service is always great with them. Yeah, their and, service is awesome. Yeah, and and again with with the robots, it's the same thing, mm -hmm. and and the nice part was or is is actually at startup. I think I had four techs or salespeople within eight minutes of my house or something. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, that is a big thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and and at the time, uh, uh, at that time, lately I think had one service person down here. They, mm -hmm. I think they have more now, so yeah. whatever. But, but um, that was part of it, and and, and I. They're brand new. The, the tech robots. Guys? The these. The robots. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, they. Because I know guys that put in used robots, and your your tech call that expense. You know, those are way bigger with used robots. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, right? Well, the first because the first year you got full warranty, and then and then then the second year was uh, full warranty as well minus labor. So. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. But either way, yeah, it all worked out really well. And yeah, there's a couple of features. So you could, with the Bomatic, you can milk from behind Great. and it's much easier to manual attach. Um, yeah, uh, as opposed to anything with an arm. Yeah, anything with an arm. And then the the way the room is, the robot room is integrated, it's easy to go in and out and that's real efficient too. And uh, What do you mean by that? Like just that the, the two robots are back to back? Kind well, of? yeah. And, and you, you're right beside the cow instead of having to go all the way around into the robot room kind of thing. Depends how your robot room is set up, I guess. Great. So I guess that's not a fair statement. But, um, and, and yeah, and the accessibility to everything, like any part is just right there and, mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So, so yeah so far no regrets so yeah so the the teacup does the the washing and the stimulation yeah so there's there's five cups in the in the robot um oh that's right yeah so there's a separate wash cup right and then it it does yeah so what it does is it attaches it'll uh spray a little bit of disinfectant and then um also pre-milk the cow and blow some air to dry it and okay. then it does each quarter and then and then it'll go so it's a uh, with the Bomatic, it grabs two at a time, and okay. then grabs two at a time, and it, but it attaches one at a time. Yeah. So, yeah. so is your is your um, like your your cow's time in the box? Is that longer than let's say a, a Gia robot that has the in cup? Yeah, I would think so because there's more movement. Um, and because this thing has to go around, and wash one, take it off, wash one, take it off, right? Yeah. And then once they're all done, then it, it hangs the. Right, so so yeah, it washes each teat individually. But it's not you. It's not an issue for you. No, be, because I guess w one of my concerns with some of the other brands is, you know, it takes a minute or so to prep, right. and then twenty seconds to attach. So so it's kind of an uneven prep or lag okay. time for between each quarter. Okay. And and this one, it you know, 
it doesn't take as long as it does to prep, but um, you know, it just individually huh. does it. I don't know. It, I mean, somatic cell has been really good, and mastitis has been really good. So right. Yeah. yeah, like one of the I was telling you, uh, like the service around here for Bomatic is great, but I just uh, the user interface or whatever the the computer program that they use to manage the robot just kind of scared me, but. It's not an issue for you? No, not at all. Like you kind of get used to that type of thing. Eh? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what... I don't have any idea what the other ones work like. Yeah. Like they work, but... It it, just, if it's, anything's different than, like, my phone, everything should be as easy as my phone. Right. right. Little clear buttons that you can press on and just... Yeah. So know. within... Well, that, that's what it has. It's a big touch screen, and, and you can, you know, access every cow, um, um, that kind of thing. Like, actual herd management isn't integrated. Like, I run Dairy Comp. And I use Dairy Comp with that. So they, you do all your herd management in the office. Yeah, like all the breeding stuff and right. and all that is done is done here. I can do it remotely anywhere. Right. But like sort, you mean? No, anything. Um, I can do because of uh, the way everything is set up. I can access this computer. I basically each robot ha- has its own individual PC, so it's, it's oh, okay. on a Windows platform actually. Right. And so I can a- access any robot from. Any computer, and I can also access this computer. It's all with kinda, Team Viewer or just uh, an app. So yeah, so we started with Team Viewer, and um, uh, the way that worked, we ha- I had to pay a subscription. So then we now we use Splashtop, exact same idea, oh, okay. except now Bomatic just pays us the subscription oh, okay. for all its customers. Huh. And uh, and yeah, it's actually actually more. It was easier to use the Splashtop. So yeah. But you don't use an app on your phone for anything? Uh, not really. I just log into each box if I need to do okay. anything. Yeah. And I, I can log into the web app and stuff. And, you know, I don't know. Everybody's, oh, you could do this on your phone or that on your phone. It's all yeah. a pain. Cause it, I know. It's a, it's, it seems that way more yeah, and more lately, doesn't it? I know. And it <laughs> takes it, you know, it's all great. I, you got all the technology in the world and you're standing in the barn with one cell bar. Yeah. And it's loading and loading. I'd yeah. way rather, you know... Uh, be on a laptop or an iPad yeah. or, or want to, you know, just sit down behind the computer kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. I find that more and more, like, you can do all sorts of stuff on your phone. Just like, no, I'm going to grab my iPad. 100%. It's just too small. Like, yeah. Everything's too, too small. Too small, and, and you wait for it to load, and you sit there fumbling yeah. when you could be doing... It's just less productive. And yeah, I, I, I know so. it You know it all sounds fancy, and, and, and I think maybe that whole... If it speeds up, like if everything, you know, speeds up, it might be more attractive to do things that way. But. Right. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it has to be quick. And if you're waiting on your phone for something to load where here, I mean, it's just click, click, click. Sometimes too, I'll be working on something in the house, you know, robot related or whatever. And then I'll just go into this computer because I can click between my, my, um, Oh, you can see all your stuff on this. Everything. Computer? So I can, oh, okay. I can look at, I can have a, the, the robot open in front of me. I can have Dairy Comp open it and just click back and forth, or my heat detection software, all in the right. same, on the same page, right? So, which yeah. is way easier than going from app to app and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that part I still have to uh, figure out to be more efficient. So, with, uh, my forty cows. It's just I spend way too much time like going through individual cows, you know. Okay. And and cows sneak through and mm-hmm. you know just. So do you have ID system and no nope. and okay it's all visual yeah. yeah and then dairy comp or nope just the Excel spreadsheet oh really yeah okay yeah so yeah cows fall through the cracks and this mm-hmm. and that and 
Yeah, and that, that's the, you know, big thing they talk about is you have all this data on the farm, mm-hmm. but how do you quantify it all? And you can have a bazillion numbers, but if you only look at two or three, then, yeah. you know, kind of what's the point? So that's kind of what you do. You do a lot of the management stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, like all the all the management, I guess. Um, yeah, taking care of or checking over things and all that kind of stuff. So, Great. yeah. Do you guys have any employees? Yeah, I have uh, one... He's full time. He works half days, and then one full time guy, and then and then dad comes to feed calves when when he's around, right. and uh, and yeah, it all works pretty good. So, and you do the feeding. I seen you guys got a new mixer there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not even paid for yet. That's how new it is. So. Oh, it's a demo. No, wait. While well, we did, we so this demo is a safe. Supreme, uh, uh, eight hundred. So I demoed a seven hundred. And then they were waiting for this 800 because, of course, there's a, you know, a shortage and a backlog and right. all that kind of stuff. And so this 800 came. They just let me. didn't even know questions asked. I, and uh, we need to change the front um, because it can't reach high enough for the bunks by the corrals. Oh, yeah. So they just have to swap that out yet. So we haven't even made a deal on it yet. Do you have to lift the whole thing then? Or? No. Uh, it's going to be like so it's a, a flat table with a dog leg. What's on there now? And and so the the one they're bringing in, which is probably going to come in next week, is like a flip up table. Oh yeah. yeah. But I, I want a dual discharge because to feed, I'm I got, uh, the, you know the s- small close up group and the sick pen, right. which are instead of going around the corner because it's real tight on the back side right. of the barn, I want to be able to feed from both sides. So I really wanted a dual discharge. So, right. Yeah. And does that matter? Because you guys got uh, like outside feed alleys, I guess. I should yeah, and that's and that's why. Oh, and the barn. Yeah. 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 So, um, the wagon, the way it is now, works good for in the barn, right. but, but my, my bunks outside are, are too high. Yeah. So it skims. You need to add gravel. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's a lot of gravel. <laughs> so, you but. You have that at a feedlot I worked at. They just sink out of sight. You just add more gravel and more gravel and it all just sink down. Oh, okay. And yeah. Actually, you just clip, you take that, you know, your, uh, adjustable in there you just yeah. rip it off on a shoot one day right? oh because it got so low yeah. yeah so we actually ended up doing is uh kind of had the same problem we poured four feet of concrete in front of the bunks right and especially um when it's north facing it never dries out it's always wet huh. and 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 yeah so we just poured four feet of concrete in front of the bunk oh yeah that's a good thing yeah so it doesn't sink away kind of thing so yeah, that, yeah. and that works pretty good and no like all your heifers do fine outside and all it's it's all good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm planning on in the. I'm just finishing the NRCB process uh, because the, the corrals um, are you know very overcrowded, and that's part of the reason I kind of have to you know push efforts through the breeding corral and okay. and all that because I'm lack of space. So I'm building a, a new section of corral and actually extending the existing ones I have. So that's yeah going to do that in the spring. Okay. And um, lots of fun NRCB stuff. Yeah, it's it's okay. It, uh, you know, if you're smart, you start it on time because yeah. because it takes a while, and then you know Christmas and and everything slowed down because of COVID. And then what happened to it? I'm building a calf barn as well, and I totally changed my plans on that mid NRCB process. So that kind of you mean how your numbers are? No, uh, I was gonna build a, a whole separate barn. Now I'm actually just doing an addition. It just works out better. Oh okay. Um, and uh, and so then. Yeah, the whole application was done, and then I'm like, uh, sorry. <laughs> so it wasn't done, done. So, but it, either way, so that slowed the process down. But then the frost 
hit the ground and I think by the end of the month everything should the whole process should be done so oh, yeah. Yeah, but now but the, now the ground thing. is frozen so are you dealing with uh, Joe no Karina oh, okay yeah yeah because the Fort, town of Fort McLeod decided that well, I'm like 10 minutes south of town but they decided that the land we're on is part of town now who knows why like oh wow well. retarded so of course that means it's going to be really hard to get anything built there right. in the future so now I'm applying for the biggest permit out there right? oh okay yeah. just in case yep. I ever want to expand by one cow one day I know so your land is annexed or well pretty much They there was an input process but they kind of just shut it down and oh wow yeah I guess the same thing happened by Innisfail or something okay and then if they can't come to any sort of conclusion there's um uh, what do you call it arbitration or something like that mm-hmm. where other town councils can decide or basically the, the province can decide for that town and they'll take even more like in the case of Red Deer Innisfail yeah, they took even more land like well and I mean you li- you said you live 10 minutes south so that's a long ways out of town yeah so that's quite far reaching yeah it is kind of weird like I, I get that they don't want a feedlot right next to town but yeah but 10 minutes is far from next to town yeah I mean, there's probably a hundred thousand head within ten minutes from here, so yeah, you know, and you and you honestly, but I'm sure they're under strict regulation. Like, I'm, you think they have to go through a process to expand or like big feedlots? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure they. Yeah. Have. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, here too, you know, you need engineering, you need to uh, drill core samples, yeah. um, that kind of thing, and and I'm sure they have quite the rigorous process as well. So yeah. Yeah, yeah by me is. Uh, well, anything that cow manure touches, you have to have a meter of engineered clay. Right. Or three inches of concrete. Okay, so, yeah. It's not with concrete, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, and for me, it, we're in a really heavy clay area. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, my soil was more than sufficient. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So oh, yeah. You don't have to do anything. No. Nope. Huh. Nope. Just grade it or whatever. Yeah, just grade it, slope it, so I, I don't have to build any uh, catch ponds because I'm going right behind the lagoon, so everything will flow okay. into the lagoon. Huh. And uh, and that's part of the reason I picked the location of the corrals, I guess. So. Right. And because yeah, you know you got to build catch ponds and then you got to empty them somehow too and all that kind right. of thing. So. Yeah. It's I don't know, it's expensive rainwater I guess, but. Yeah, we'll get like six inches a year. So. Yeah, it's pretty dry <laughs> here, so it's not usually not too big of a deal, and it's a it's a big area. There's quite a bit of room, so I think a lot of it, will just kind of soak in a little bit in the first foot kind of thing and. Right. And instead of run off anyway, so. What are you doing with your calf barn? So, um, right out front here where the parlor used to be, uh, just gonna cut the wall out and add sixty feet. Then right out to the front of the barn. Yeah. Oh right. And uh, what about the milk truck? So on that half, so I have to reroute where the milk truck comes in. Oh. So that this will stay. Right. In front of the milk tank. Yeah. Um, and the milk house and all that. It's the the second half. So the so this this building's about uh, eighty five feet wide. Right. So the first, yeah, forty-two feet or whatever. Oh, it's going to get that ext- way? No, it's going to oh, go going straight out, okay. straight out north. But so it's, it's it was I was flipping through, uh, this calendar from Bomatic because I I had that whole separate barn idea, and I didn't like it because you have to go all the way to an, another building, walk across the yard. Um, the calves are born in this barn, and then you'd have to move the calves again. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't visit it regularly because you, you have to keep an eye. So I'm building like automatic feeding and group penning. Okay. So you need to keep, still need to keep an eye on your cows all the time or your calves all the time, right? So right. Yeah. Uh, 
didn't like the idea of, you know, if it's a separate building, you go in there once a day, maybe twice a day, and that's it, where where now it's it's near everything. I don't have to run utilities, power, gas, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, don't have, yeah, don't have to move cabs over. Right. So I was just flipping through the calendar. I seen this picture of an addition and just a light bulb went off. And like I said, I was mid NRCB application. I had quotes for whatever and, and yeah, I kind of changed everything. And now I'm actually pretty excited about how it's all gonna turn out. So yeah, we're knocking the wall out, building four big group pens, big enough for about 12 calves each. Okay. And then um, automatic feeding. So what kind of automatic feeding? The home and Lao. So that's uh, Bomatic or... Is that a stall that they go into? Like yeah, a... just like just like your Forrester ones, like your Lely and your De Lavelle, like oh, yeah, your Forrester yeah. Technique ones. Um, huh. So yeah, four separate stalls, right. one per group, yeah, okay. and then one feeding unit, which which mixes the, the milk. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that was that was going back to you asked how much we feed the calves. Like feeding ten liters a day is pushing it. Um, you know, some calves can't, or mm. you know, they don't stay drinking vigorously mm. if you feed that much because you're feeding five liters at a time. Right. And um, and that yeah goes back to even why one of the reasons one of the other reasons I switched to robots too is. I want to start milking three times a day, but actually didn't want to milk three times yeah. a day. <laughs> yeah. And same well, with, everyone does, right? <laughs> right. And, and, you know, if you want to feed more, even more than 10 liters or even 10 liters sometimes, um, you technically probably should be feeding calves three times a day. Yeah. So that was another reason, you know, tr- uh, going with automatic feeding and, and, and being that our calves are fed in three s- milk and basically three separate barns, you know, is, is, Yeah. A lot of extra labor and stuff. Oh, so well. they're just going to be in one now? It's, everything's going to be in one, yeah. One area at least. Yeah, one area. And once they're completely weaned off, then they, they're going to move to, um, I'm going to where uh, our our second calf barn and our wean barn is. That's all going to get rented into one big wean barn. Oh, okay, yeah. And, uh, a little bit easier on them. But... Yeah, and they'll be completely off of milk by then. Right. On, on full on solids. Yeah. And then moved over there. So, oh. yeah. So that's, yeah, that, that's part of the, under the same NRCB applications. Right. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, just always trying to improve things. And yeah. It's, yeah, I know. You know. We're always building something, too. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, especially with, the you know, feed costs now and how much, it, you know, the cost of, of feeding a cow and making milk, you need to get the most out of every cow. So one of those things... One thing that was kind of, the calves did well. That wasn't too big of a problem. You know, having the corrals, they were really crowded. And okay. and, and most of my hoof issues would be like first calvers. Oh. And it's, you know, crowded corrals. They're not drained very well, that kind of thing. So, you know, focusing on that. Because, yeah, you spend a lot of money to raise a heifer. Yeah. And, and you How know. How much you guys spend, you figure? Uh, probably between 21 and $2,300. dollars Yeah. What do you spend on feed, just feed? For a heifer. For per heifer? Um, yeah, I'm not even sure exactly what that number is. But it, uh, I mean, the most of, a lot of it is in the first couple months. Yeah, but, oh yeah, for sure. But I mean, yes, even the cost of silage is going up and, yeah. and you know, the cost of raising the heifers, but also, you know, feeding a cow. Um, if you can have a, you know, instead of a 35 liter average, if you can have a 40 liter average or 45 liter average, mm-hmm. And the, the only way to push forward because, you know, I feel in, in, in 10 years, 
50 liter averages might be a reality for a lot of people. Well, I mean, 40 is not norm now, but there's a lot of people. Yeah. Right. So, you know, in 10 years or at least, you know, two kilos of butterfat mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Yeah, so we're going to say that. Yeah. Like absurd. Like, I know. And, and, you know, you're genetically trying to improve. So yeah, you need to improve the way you raise the heifers as well. Yeah. So what do you, how do you think that happens? Like, um, like just better cows throughout their first couple lactations or older cows or it's you know what it's everything and and one bottleneck will will stop that so so it's genetic progress right so you know breeding for longer lasting higher producing cows um healthier cows but you know that's only one step of it the other step is you know raising them and then in the barn as well so yeah a lot of big improvements, I think, over the last 10 years is fresh cow management. Right. Well, anyway, for our farm, is we barely ever have a fresh cow problem anymore. Sure, yeah. And, and that, you know, that's just through ch- changes in nutrition and... And, and good management, right? And, and management. So once you have your management figured out, then you'd, you'd think that you could get these cows to live forever type of thing, right? Yeah, right? So, but then, you know, then while they... I don't know, the crowds are muddy or, or whatever. There's always something, right? So you there's always one bottleneck. There's always one bottleneck which keeps you and everything everything you do helps, but that's that one bottleneck that keeps you going that one step further every time. So yeah. so you can, you know, I try to identify that and 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 yeah, try to fix it as best as I can anyway. Yeah. So yeah. that's dairy farming in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, and it keeps it exciting. Bottlenecks and fixing. Oh totally. Yeah. And it keeps it exciting too, you know. There's always something new and different, and, something and whatever. Something to spend money on. Well, then that, yeah, everything you you uh, you know you need to spend money to make money. I guess is yeah is the adage. Well, if you don't, then you'll end up spending it in the in the future, right? Right. Yeah. For the most part. Well, yeah. Like for example, you know the the heifer corrals, for example, um, you know if you get a lot of first calvers, you know whatever, I I don't I'm not going to spend the money on corrals, blah blah blah, but then. Yeah, you get a lot of hoof issues and and uh, and that you know it'll affect the cow through its lifetime. So yeah, yeah. so that's kind of behind that. So yeah. yeah, yeah, and and always pushing forward. Yeah, and that's kind of that's the part that keeps you going all the time, right? So yeah. So what's the plans for uh, for the dairy here? You got kids that want to take it over? Or yeah, it's gonna sell it all. No, no. Um, I don't know, the kids are pretty young yet, the boys. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. I I kinda hope if they are interested they'll they'll uh, you know, work somewhere else for a little bit and gain some experience and then come back to the farm and yeah. Yeah. We'll see. It's hard to you can't really predict your future, so Yeah, if they're younger, yeah. it's uh, pretty Yeah. Tough, right? Yeah. Well yeah, and and who knows. So Well, Thanks for coming on the podcast. And yeah, all you the bet. Best with the calf burn building and the future. You bet. Well, thanks for having me on. Take care. Yeah, you bet. Thank you for listening to the Far Away Farm Boy podcast, episode number 24 with Eric Vanderveen of Favor Holsteins. Join me again next week.